through innovation, academic excellence, and family-centered clinical care, Children's Mercy Kansas City is transforming outcomes for children around the world. Welcome to the audio interview series, Transformational Pediatrics, with host, Dr. Michael Smith. So our topic today is, is there a non-invasive way to detect colorectal activity? My guest is Dr. John Rosen. Dr. Rosen is a pediatric gastroenterologist at Children's Mercy Kansas City. Dr. Rosen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dr. Mike. So what is colonic activity detection or, or um, uh, manometry? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, so when we poop, the poop has to get down to the bottom before it comes out. And the colon is the large intestine that squeezes and moves the poop down. And it's surprising how little we know about that and how hard it is to determine whether it's working well or not. And so there's different types of tests that we can do. And one of those tests is colonic manometry or the study of colon pressure. And pressure is a part of that squeezing and moving ability, getting the poop down to the bottom. And it involves placing a long tube in the bottom all the way around the colon and then measuring with a computer the pressures that are generated within the colon at various times of day, after medicines, after eating. So well, tell us a little bit about this, the device and how it actually is identifying when the, the colon is squeezing, signaling the need to stool. Tell us a little bit about that. So the device colonic manometry uses, it uses a, a solid state pressure transducer, so it measures pressure directly, or uh, with water uh, to measure pressure. Um, and that's different than uh, other devices, but it's a very specific one uh, that measures pressure only. So we, as, a, as a community physician or a, a general uh, you know, pediatrician, maybe a nurse practitioner, when should we consider this type of test in our patients? That's a great question. So most patients won't need that type of test. Um, there's lots and lots of children with constipation. And most of them need education and identification of the constipation and then treatment. Uh, no testing at all. Some children won't respond well to treatment or they'll have other medical conditions or symptoms um, that may make somebody wonder, is there a disease of the nerves or the muscles in the colon that needs to be investigated, either to better explain why they're having trouble with pooping or what we could do next to make it easier. And some examples of that might be an infant that's born and unable to poop uh, from the time they're born. So it didn't start when they're a toddler, but it's been their whole life. Uh, or somebody with um, other diseases of nerves or muscles that's also having constipation. They may also have a disease of nerves or muscles within the colon. So I think, Dr. Rosen, what I want to do, let's back up just for a second. Let's go, um, let's talk a little bit more about the device itself. So in, in the past, right, we had um, manometry. Um, that was basically looking at pressure in the lower esophagus. This is not the same thing, right? This is a different device that is actually looking at that peristalsis. Can you, can you maybe help us understand the difference? Oh, sure. So the device that I was describing before, uh, that is the same as esophageal manometry. The device that we developed is very different. Um, and that device doesn't rely on measurement of pressure at all. Um, the device that we've developed relies on measurement of changes in configuration, which could mean the density of liquid, the volume of liquid or stool or solid uh, within the colon. And so it doesn't measure pressure at all. It measures the movement of things within that area of the colon. 
Uh, and so what so knowing that now is this how is that better than measuring pressure directly? How is this helping us to describe colonic activity better? Also a very good question. So they're very different. And to say that one is better overall, I think would be difficult because it depends on what your goal is. Now, if you're studying physiology, how things are squeezing, you need the traditional device. The manometry catheter is a good device, measures pressure, somewhat invasive, but it really does that one factor well. If you're trying to measure the body's ability to move that poop through the colon under different conditions and not have to insert something uh, that's invasive, then you need a totally different type of device like the one we developed. Um, When we're going through the process of pooping, then part of it's the squeeze pressure, which the traditional device measures. But part of it is also, do those squeezes produce coordinated contractions to actually propel substances through the colon? Or are they squeezing ineffectively? Is a poop actually moving anywhere when that happens? And the traditional device can't measure that at all. And so looking to figure out, can we measure that propulsion or movement of content, as well as a way to do that without having to go to the operating room and insert a catheter in a patient, uh, is kind of why we started to develop our device in the first place. So you actually presented some of the, I think, preclinical findings, right? Um, I think at the North American Society for Pediatric Gastroenterology 2017. Tell us a little bit about what you presented. So we presented the initial preclinical data, and our device essentially is uh, based on impedance, the technology of measuring uh, resistance within an electrical field. And uh, similar to devices used to measure the heart, um, but we use this to measure the colon. And so we showed that it was feasible to measure changes in the colon using stickers on the abdomen, on the hips, that generate an electrical field and then measure changes within that electrical field. Uh, So we showed, one, the feasibility that it does measure things, but also we showed that that what it measures is different depending on what's happening with a person. And if a person's resting, then their colon is doing one thing, but if they take medicine that causes their colon to squeeze, then we showed our device can distinguish that. It can show that as a change, as an event. And that's really important because there's lots of things that can affect your body, um, the movement of your hips, um, gurgling within our stomachs. All these things are going on all the time. And any useful clinical device uh, should be able to measure important functions, like when squeezing is strong, when physically things are moving through the colon. And we showed that that can happen with our device. What's the scope of its potential use, you know, once you get to that clinical phase? And what promise do you think it holds for hospitalized patients? Uh, I think that this started uh, because a parent wanted to know, can I get this information about when my son's colon is squeezing without having to come to the hospital and go through this two-day process and, and operating room procedure? And so I think the initial reason that we developed the device and one of the scopes that it could lead to is a device that uh, pediatricians, family doctors, and consumers could use, basically measuring when the colon is active and then taking whatever action is appropriate. So for a kid, it would be sitting on the toilet. Uh, For a doctor, it might be assessing whether a certain medicine really does make a kid's colon move when they're at home. Uh, So the scope from a consumer or a individual patient point of view outside the hospital is huge. Uh, and there's lots of steps between now and then, but the potential is there. 
within the hospital, I think there's a very different scope. Currently, when we see patients in the hospital, when somebody's there for surgery or because they're sick, we monitor those patients, their heart rate, their breathing, their blood oxygen content, and we monitor their bowels, but we do it in a very different way. When we monitor the heart and lungs, we put stickers on and we have a computer generating signals that we now know how to interpret nurses and doctors and staff. The colon, we listen with a stethoscope and try to interpret the sounds that we hear. The device that we developed has the potential to be like this cardiorespiratory monitor, but for the intestine. And if we could continuously monitor the intestine in a more objective way, then we could know what action to take to provide the best care. For instance, after somebody has intestinal surgery, when is their colon moving most effectively or starting to have the most activity? Maybe that's the right time to start feeding them. And so I think within the hospital, there's lots of opportunity uh, to use it in kind of a parallel way that we currently monitor the heart and lungs. Right. That's awesome. That means, you know, better outcomes for hospitalized patients, getting them out of the hospital quicker, and all of that stuff is, is exactly what we want. So this is amazing work, Dr. Rosen. I want to thank you um, for the work that you're doing at Children's Mercy, and thank you for coming on the show today. You're listening to Transformational Pediatrics with Children's Mercy Kansas City. For more information, you go to childrensmercy.org. That's childrensmercy.org. I'm Dr. Mike Smith. Thanks for listening.